0: Blog Talk Radio On November fifteenth, 2017, you know, somebody said on my uh, Facebook group this week or last week that for 30 seconds and, uh, you know, I was too loud and shouting and she turned it off. I think I told you that. But anyway, so I'm going to. More calm today okay I read an interesting article in the National Post it was by Jonathan Kay. he noted that the Weinstein scandal everybody is aware of that one the sex scandal and all of the other actions against sexual harassment, not just whiny but uh, you know everybody right they're being conducted by means if in, by means of informal allegations a famous person just has to post a message on twitter and boom we're off to the races okay and he says there's two main problems with that first of all it could be used to do battle against a public figure like a political figure or as a way to blackmail somebody it's because it's there's no formal legal channels right and secondly A system – this is getting screwed up, but I'll read it through anyway. A system of justice based on informal accusations is always going to privilege stories about famous victims. There's a guy in Toronto named Wayne Jones, right? He calls himself a bishop, and he leads a small, you know, storefront church – that he probably started himself, and he likes to sleep with the women in the congregation. But not many people know about that because his victims aren't movie stars, right? So, what can we do about this? Well, Jonathan Kay says one of the reasons Weinstein could get away with his attacks for so long was that there was no one in his company. Who was free of his power to hurt them? They couldn't take action without getting into trouble themselves. So, what you need in this situation is an HR director who's independent of the company's power structure. But that's not going to happen. For sure, it's not going to happen in some small or medium sized company, right? So, Jonathan Kay doesn't offer any solution at all, and I can't think of anyone either. And on that happy note, let me ask Jerry, Jerry,
1: what show is this? This is the
2: Recruiting...
1: Technology problems going on here today. Uh, do
0: I? Yeah. Oh, there's the echo. In and there's out. the echo. I, don't know I, why, I knew, don't
1: know. I don't hear an echo.
0: I knew it was going to happen. I can hear an <laughs> echo. All right, let's I, everything just dive I in say, see what I we hear back. and I bet you it's the guest. I bet you it's the guest. Who, who's the I guest? Don't Okay, well, we'll see. Anyway, look, hold on a second. Before we get going, you know, sorry, everybody, about that crappy introduction. You know, I, I just did, everything's last minute for me. I didn't get a chance to review it. I, I wrote it a while ago, and I didn't get to go back. Anyway, I want to thank my sponsors. <laughs> after, after that, I want to thank them. They're really going to want to sponsor me again. Martin Snyder, he's the boss of PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. And then. Nintran, Nim with an H, N I N H, the COO of Higher Tool, H I R E T U A L, the super duper sourcing tool, and Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honet, Honeit, H O N E I T, the online interview technology. He told me I have to use those terms. Technology, the online interview technology, I'll come back to all of them later. Okay, we got a guest today. Uh, I don't know anything about him. He's a writer, and unfortunately I didn't get to the best part of his writings or the most relevant part until just before the show started. So I hope he knows what he wrote and he can speak properly. His name is Ted Bauer. Okay, one second, Ted. T-E-D-B-A-U-E-R 2003. That's his Twitter address. T-E-D, as in Ted. Bauer, B-A-U-E-R, 2003. I think he was born in 2003. Uh, Maybe that's the reason. Okay, Ted, (laughs) nobody nobody knows you. Can you tell
2: us who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm I'm probably nobody, so that might explain why nobody knows me. But uh, I basically do a lot of writing about kind of like the HR, recruitment, sourcing, hiring, and a couple other areas. Mostly ghostwriting, so I don't take a lot of bylines. Um, although I have my own blog that you can check out, too, where I post a bunch of stuff about the same topics. Um, and I have, What's the name uh, of the blog? What's the cool. name
1: of your blog?
2: It's called The Context of Things.
0: Yeah, isn't that a stupid name?
2: Yeah, it's pretty dumb. So in the origin story isn't
0: i like the way it sounds thank you i like the way it sounds but it doesn't mean anything i mean if you're looking for something about hr or recruiting it's not in the title okay
2: no you're right you got me um well when i first started it three years ago i think it was about three years ago my actual goal was to like uh I was basically going to take, like, current events and, like, quote unquote, explain them more deeply. So I guess, like, what Vox or whatever tries to do, that's what I was trying to do. So I thought it would be, like, the contextual background of a bunch of different things. That's yeah, kind of okay, where forget the forget is. You're
0: boring me! You're boring me! Okay. Alright, let's get Look,
2: into something else. I,
0: I, no, I got to tell you something else. This guy wrote a whole article about how to. He's, he's written about a dozen articles on networking, and in one of them, it's how to introduce yourself. And he said, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, here's one of the most. I'm going to quote him. Here's one of the most amazing things. The question you will get the most in your life is. What do you do? But many people have no clue how to answer it in an engaging way. And I asked this guy just now, What do you do? Who are you? Was that engaging? I don't think so. Hey, (laughs) take a lesson from yourself, okay?
2: You're not wrong.
0: I'm not wrong. I'm not. I'm right. Okay. Okay. Look, here's what else he said. Okay, I'm just going to get into it. You said I had a Skype interview the other day with a a recruiter. Okay, and she is from Seattle, and she admitted straight away that she didn't know much about the position. She didn't know anything about the job she was calling about. She said she said the the hiring manager is going to handle that. Right? She's just going to give you a. Uh, listen to this. A general screen. Okay, that's fine. What questions does she ask? What makes you tick? Give me three adjectives that describe you. I don't believe it. I don't believe any company would ask you those
2: stupid questions.
0: Am I right? Oh, my
2: God. That was fu- Oh, my God. it was. It was unbelievable. I had another one around that same time frame. Like, right now I'm predominantly freelance, but... Um, When I was applying to jobs and stuff, I had one around then. I was living in Minneapolis, but um, I was willing to relocate or move or whatever. And I applied to this job in Austin. And the lady had probably looked at my LinkedIn profile like seven times because I have that premium stalking feature. And uh, she literally got on the phone. I think we had communicated via email like a bunch of times that I didn't live in Austin, but I'd be willing to relocate. And like I didn't necessarily even need it paid for or whatever and literally the thing lasted 15 seconds she was like so you're based in austin i was like no i'm still in minneapolis you know we talked about this she's like oh this is for austin based only like have a nice day that was like about four days after that seattle skype so in the Okay. The same but you know. But week. hold on. Wait a second. Wait. 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 There's a difference. What you're telling
0: us about the lady with the Austin, okay? She's just yeah. an idiot. Okay? She's right. she's stupid. But but this woman, young, uh, sounds like it was a young woman, a junior person who called you from Seattle, and somebody gave her these questions. What makes you tick? <laughs> Give me three yep. adjectives that describe you. Yep. It's unbelievable. It's um, well, yep. You don't want to tell us what company. You don't want to tell us the name of the company, do
1: you?
2: You don't want to. Honestly, at this point, I don't even remember. Tell us the name. <laughs> I don't even remember. Give either. us the name.
1: Isn't that terrible? <laughs> okay. He doesn't even remember because the interview yeah. was so pointless for everyone. And I'm sure yeah. He
0: didn't get the job. <laughs> he didn't get the job. He didn't get the job. But he uh, also says. I didn't,
2: say I didn't get
0: the job. Okay. He, he also says... That he's been to uh, applied to jobs where they give him six interviews with six different people. It takes two months to go through the interview process. They all ask yep. the exact same questions, and uh, then they don't hire him, and no reason is given,
2: and he feels bad. Yep. Okay, right? i give simple. you the name saying... on that company. I can give you the okay. name on that company I do remember that okay. one. It was uh, okay. Tribridge. It's out of Tampa. I think they're like a Microsoft vendor or something. They do, basically they only exist because Microsoft exists. I don't even know why I ever wanted this job, but it was that, I think it was a three month process, six or seven people, all the same questions. Like I never understood how I was getting advanced. Like I was going to new people and they seemed to have a higher title, but it's like the questions were the same. So like, yeah, no, 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 the there's a logic person. there. What hold hold on, hold on. You know, there's a
0: logic. Yeah, <laughs> they ask you all the same questions, and they grade them, so they have to ask you the same questions to compare your answers. They don't, you know, otherwise it's apples and oranges. It has to be apples and apples. I guess, but usually I mean, that
2: wouldn't, wouldn't somebody at a higher level have, like, a different thing that they're concerned about that you could bring? Like, this, the the base set of questions can be standard, sure, but, like, Shouldn't a VP care about something different than like a that's, like a middle director or whatever?
1: Yeah, that's just shoddy interviewing. It's lazy, shoddy interviewing by someone who's never done it. That's ridiculous. Right. And five Jim, of those interviews, Jim. it's just covering your ass for risk, is what that is. Hold right. on, Jim.
0: First, I can't see that. Jim. Yes, Jim. Are you there? OK, answer me when I talk to you. Come on. What about this case with those stupid questions from that girl in Seattle? I ca- can you imagine a company that, th- that works that way?
1: Of course, they all work that way. You, you're so overwhelmed. You have a number of calls that spit in front of you from automation. You're looking up at just that second. Of course, you're going to miss stuff. We, we, we are making our recruiters work too hard and not letting them to think.
2: No, this just
1: plain stupid. What makes you tick? What kind of question is that? <laughs> what makes
0: you <laughs> make tick? You tick? That's a question that comes for the end. You know, They have to screen you to see if she should have a checklist to see if he's got certain certain skills. That's certain, what she should be
1: asking. Dude, I answered a question the other day. The guy looked at my resume and said, so how many Java developers have you placed in the last year? And I'm sitting there for just a half a beat going, none. Why would you ask that? <sighs> what? Yeah, <laughs> why am I on the phone if that's the requirement for you because it doesn't make any sense because they're just, they're just falling into road patterns because they're too busy and no one really gives them a chance to ask real questions their job right. is just I, uh, to go through
2: I did something in I guess this is probably like late 2015 so it may be dated I found this thing on Glassdoor it's like the 10 most common interview questions based on their data so I just pulled it up obviously some of these are going to be generic as hell Okay, so what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Why are you interested in working for this company? Where do you see yourself in five to ten years? We can circle back to that one because I despise that question. Why do you want to leave your current company? Can you explain your, any gaps in employment? Hold on. Well, what these are you, better than what a, makes he's you He's a
1: writer. He's a writer, no, no, and they want to know better. this stuff.
2: Yeah, but
0: these yeah. are better. But but are pertaining to what? what
2: makes
0: you dead? Wait, a, let they're me talk. Than, hey, I'm the boss here. I'm the boss. Okay. Now he he says he says hiring managers. Uh, he said, "Here's I'm going to quote him because he writes a lot." I can't tell you how many terrible middle managers with hiring responsibilities I've met over the years because this is what Jim said. They're so drowned in deliverables. They put yep. no thought into what they need or who they need. Okay, uh, they meet they meet the people in HR and say something like, "I need a a Type A hard charger," and he says, "I've <laughs> heard this bullshit myself." Okay, so is that true that these hiring managers are so stupid they they don't know even what they want? Is that true? The guest,
1: personally, the guest I
0: first. Think so. yeah. Uh, you know what, I need a little more than a, a yes, okay, so or maybe the whole story I gave it away myself they're just too busy,
2: okay I think busyness is a factor but I also think like we don't typically in like an enterprise mid-sized corporation, we don't incentivize the middle managerial level off of their people we incentivize them off of like tasks projects, deliverables, so like okay, they might know that their team is overwhelmed so they know they need another person, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily know what they need because, like, they're probably focused on some quantifiable spreadsheet thing and, like, people aren't necessarily that. And I feel like that's what – Does the, anybody
0: agree with the, him? Does anybody agree with him that these hiring managers are that dumb, okay, and ignorant and busy? Um, is stuff. is not
1: the right word there. It's, it's not, not that, that they're dumb. dumb. Cognitively busy. Michael
0: G. Cox. Michael G. Cox. It, Go it, ahead first. All right.
3: It's not that they're dumb. Yes, it's because partially because they're busy, but yeah. a hiring manager has a job to do, and they're not recruiters. Now, we're asking them to get good at interviewing and all of these other things that are secondary, like a far second place to what they're really focused on. Um, and, and that's why I think a internal – recruiter or HR needs to take over the entire recruiting process and build it properly and say, these are the things that are most important to the position that you're trying to fill. So that means we're going to ask these questions. Right. And it doesn't okay. agree with that. On.
0: Wait a second. Michael G. Cox, he said they don't even know what they need. <laughs> That's the funniest yes, thing.
3: Right. It's not. It's, 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 they don't know how to, like quantify what it is that they need or qualify. They know what they need, but they don't know what leads to that. So what they resort to is focusing on must-haves versus the the, the must-dos.
0: Okay. Jim Durbin, well, like, did you want okay, to say here. something? Oh,
2: Hold on. I, I think they're doing a good job. Okay. Good
0: job.
2: Guess, back to you. Teddy Bauer, what okay, were you here's... saying? What did you want to say? Well, my question... My question is this. In a lot of companies, let's say HR doesn't have a and l <clears throat> Like, they don't generate revenue. So if, if the hiring manager comes from a department that generates revenue, do you think that there's, like, some chest-pounding bullshit sometimes, too, in the sense of, like, they look down on HR? Like, they feel like if they come from a department that has, a, like, a bigger role or generates money or whatever, do you think they look down on HR so that when any – new recruiting process starts they assume like oh these people don't know what they're doing they're all yes. they're like off silent yeah. in their I feel we're, like we're actually
1: taught to do that
2: it's a big deal too
1: <laughs> that, that's actually the, you're taught to do that you can always blame hr
2: right
0: michael g cox also, Center corporation if, did you want to, go ahead michael if, g cox if hr
3: if hr isn't bringing value then how, how do you combat that manager looking down on you if you're not bringing value to the process, or you're not right. bringing then, a valuable process to begin with.
0: Well, I read his the, I read the, his blog. I'll read his blog and I'll say what he didn't say here. He says that uh, because the the uh, managers don't understand. This is what he says. They don't understand that the people they hire are going to affect the bottom line, the revenues of the company. I don't know how he says that. So until HR has to have uh, metrics and, and a business case to say that, look, it's going to make sense for you to – pay more attention to the hiring process and do it in a a rational way and not be so ignorant, and then these managers can wake up to the importance of of hiring. Uh, That's what he claims. I don't understand. How come people not understand that it's important?
3: I think they do.
1: But
3: I don't know if they can, again, draw direct correlations between the yeah, okay. I, I pity position. you. My
0: Michael G. Cox is in a corporation. I, if this is the truth, I don't know how you work <laughs> with those people. Does anybody else want to say something before I go to an ad? I'm gonna start doing the ads a little earlier. Anybody got something to say?
1: Yeah. I, I no. think you're maybe okay. being too hard. What? I, I mean, it, the word stupid to say that this is the case. It's business is complex. Recruiting can be hard. We're all taught different practices. We have different ways of functioning. And I don't think they're stupid. You know, Jim, come on. Yeah. I know you.
0: Jim, you're a smart guy. What he's been describing here is idiocy, okay? It's unbelievable. No, no, no. It's,
1: it's confusion, and it's, it's what, do do? what do you expect them to do? What do you expect them to do? I mean, it's not like uh, – I mean, the problem is we're well, all too busy. Guy- we're not paying attention.
0: The person needs a, 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 a certain – like like a sales rep or something like Michael G. Cox works with. So they'll break the job down into uh, – I don't understand what he meant by, you know, must-haves as opposed to must-dos. But but he has to – he or she has to divide the job into a bunch of activities and skills and, and requirements. It, it's not that – I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay. i got to do an Let's- ad. That's, that's, uh, let me do this ad, okay? Please. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, hey everybody. You know, when someone says they love me, I don't want them to be showing me a lot of tough love. Tough love is not love for me, right? I want them to uh, let me be me. And if they can help me be me... That's all the better, okay? And that's what they do at PC Recruiter. I've told you a million times already that PC Recruiter, at PC Recruiter, they love everybody. If you're a recruiter, PC Recruiter loves you. It doesn't matter what kind of recruiter you are, and it doesn't matter what size your operation is, right? And how do they show that love? That's what you should be asking me now. Well, I'm going to tell you. They not only let you be you, they help you be you. And how do they do that? How do they support you? They make their software configurable, right? You've heard it many times here. I'll have a guest who says, I use BC Recruiter, and I like it. And I'll say, well, what do you like about it? And they'll say, it's configurable. It's Configurable. I can make it do whatever I want it to do, right? And they support me. The support they offer is really great. I feel like they love me. And you know why these people feel like they're loved? Because at PC Recruiter, they do love them, okay? If you're a recruiter, they blank you, okay? They love you. Go to PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Back to our wonderful guest. That was a great ad. It's configurable. It great, ad.
2: great ad. Thank you.
0: Great ad. Are there any PC Recruiter users on anybody on the line using PC Recruiter? No. I'll talk no. Okay. No. Not today. Last but it week, is configurable. Uh, it is configurable. Okay, okay thank you. Configurable. Does anybody anybody want to say something who's on the line? Who hasn't said? Hasn't spoken yet? No? Okay, the guest wanted to say something when I interrupted him to make some money. Okay, do you have something else you want to say?
2: Oh No, I mean, just on the previous topic, I agree with some of what we were saying. Like, it's not – saying stupid is probably too far of a word. I mean, there are some hiring managers that are probably stupid, but I think it's largely about, like, confusion. And, like, what we were kind of talking about earlier is, like, they don't – like, they're not tasked with knowing the recruiting process and what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, so we already like went through
0: that. that. Uh, don't, bore the, don't bore the audience. You don't have to repeat yourself 100 times, okay?
2: I'll I, tell you.
0: I'm good. Uh, you, you know, you're trying to say now, oh, I didn't say they're stupid. Read this guy's blog. I mean, he makes them look like total idiots. But he also calls <laughs> himself <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> he also calls himself a jerk. He said, you know, when they turn you down for a job, they don't tell you why, but they offer – that if you want to talk to somebody, feel free to contact them. And he said, because I'm a jerk, I have followed up about 25 times.
1: <laughs> and he says it's, only wait, wait, wait. one so, of those. So what they're saying is they're saying, hey, it's okay, come talk to me. But then they don't really want it. Yeah. Interesting. Right.
0: So, yep. so he says he got 25 so they're just
1: times. So patting you got... on the head and saying, no, 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 no. We want to be nice to you, but go and blank off.
2: That really
0: That's, I, that's how he, it feels. Well, you said on your blog that of all those times you called, you only got to talk to the hiring manager once.
2: (laughs) Really? Yeah. What is that, about 4%? Yeah, about 4% of the times that I've tried, I've gotten to talk to And the one time I got to talk to a hiring manager, it was completely generic. There was nothing actionable. Like, I would love a dude to tell me, like, you come off like an asshole or, you know, when you had an interview, you – you were, like, dressed poorly or whatever, like, I would love someone to say that. Like, I know you you probably legally can't say it or whatever, but I would love for someone to just just have, like, radical honesty in the hiring process because then – if you have some degree of self awareness, you could grow from it and be like, I guess I need a suit that fits better, or whatever the case is. Yeah, you, you know? know
0: what? It sounds good, but it's nonsense. First of all, uh, if you know you told somebody that you're an asshole, some people would be crushed. They'd go out and commit suicide because right. they'll think they'll never get a job <laughs> again. And then their parents right. are gonna, or their family's gonna sue you, right? Or if you yeah. say, you know, you're not well dressed, then they'll sue you for something else, right? I mean, that's what right. that's what I imagine. They, they, you know, you can't be honest to people who can't, can't handle the truth.
2: The famous line. Well, see. That's true. Another thing so, that we could, like, some we were talking about on Twitter before is like, do you think we got to a point where like recruiting isn't even supposed to have anything to do with like innovation or getting the best people? Is just a compliance process now?
0: I, I don't know. Anybody want to address that? He said. He said, "Recruiting is not about bringing the best people in. It's about HR making sure they're compliant with all the rules. That's what the recruiting process is all about."
4: Some companies Anybody do it that is,
0: way. Yeah. Yes. Some in companies, companies. That's absolutely true.
4: And some companies don't. Some companies see that you know it's a very relevant and it needs to be an innovative process, and proper, proper processes need to be put into place. In order to get the best people, as opposed from just
0: who's who's you know, that English guy, Phil? Who's the hello? English person? Hello. Hello. It's me. Okay, yeah, well, Phil. Phil. Okay, but what do you mean then? It's compliance as opposed to uh, uh, trying to get the best person. I don't really understand what that means.
4: I think I think. What what? I just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Let Phil. Let give Phil oh, a no. chance. He's calling all the way from England. It's a lot of all work. All the way so, from England.
4: I was just saying that some some companies see recruitment as a bunch of, you know, let's just get them through the door. They don't really think about quality control or bringing any particular innovation in terms of proper questioning techniques. It's just, let's get them in. They just don't think about it. It just doesn't come into their mind. It's just get them in, interview them, hire them, or don't hire them. There's no kind of.
0: Okay. Okay. Michael G. Cox wanted to contribute. Michael G. Cox, you're next. No, Did you have something you some
3: wanted to say? Yes, yeah, some organizations err on the side of of compliance and making sure that they are not going to get sued. And I, I think that happens so infrequently, but the, the fear is what drives right. the the focus on on that side of the
0: give of an, the example. Give an example. Give an example.
3: Give an example. A focus on. Um, requisites, and regardless of who's best fit, uh, you know you only take 100 candidates or you can only right. see these, and um, you have to have a specific process in place that says you can only view so many. And, you know, it, there are a lot of really weird processes that some people put in place to
0: dehumanize, <laughs> randomize who recruiters are allowed to see. Okay. He says he says the recruiting process alienates the best people. That's his title. He I'll read what he says. The the recruiting process funnel is a bigger punchline, a bigger punchline than childhood celebrity. If you start with a hundred people, your outdated garbage of a recruiting process will probably eliminate seventy good people. It's what he says, okay. Your garbage process. Here's a guy who says it's. He doesn't say they're stupid, but here he says your process is going to knock out seventy good people out of a hundred from the start. Okay. He said it's come going on. to. Ail- come on, come it, on. If there's, a, if, there's a good,
4: if there's a good smart recruiter in the process that knows what he's looking for, and or yep. her, then they will be able to instinctively find what is right. That's the skill of the recruiter.
0: Yeah, I but agree we're talking with that corporate part. recruiters. Yeah. We're talking corporate
1: recruiters. I'm a corporate okay.
3: recruiter. We have skills, oh, you two are.
0: Animal. I am. I'm
3: <laughs> hybrid. <laughs> okay. I've done okay. Three, well, you know, I, And that's the thing.
4: Yeah, You're right. I, you know, corporate recruiters, you know, the problem is they will bring in people at a very low rate that are ultimately administrators. But I come in at a higher rate. I come in on the back of 20 years of external recruitment. And I come in and I, I shake it up a little bit and I make changes. Sometimes too much, and so sometimes I say too much. And but I think companies need that. They, they, if they're just going to get a yes person, then they're not. They're never going to break beyond the boundaries that they're restricted to.
0: But let me ask. Let me now,
4: ask the that's
3: guest. That's not. That's not possible. Sorry, animal. That's not possible in a lot of organizations. And and you know you wouldn't fit into some of these larger organizations that already You're believe right. they have that process. You
4: are that process. 100% correct, you are t- and that's why yep. I won't yep. work for a large company.
3: Yep, and, and, okay. Let and me ask- with that heavy process in place, that restricts a good recruiter or even a mediocre recruiter totally. from being able to exercise that that judgment and, and
4: creativity too. and that's why the good recruiters don't work for those large organizations okay we're talking to uh,
0: generalities now i don't really know what you guys are talking about i want to ask the guest something he says out of 100 people the process is going to knock out 70 now that's because i think you're saying the the applicant tracking system won't yeah. recognize good people can you elaborate on yeah. that
2: so part of part of that statement is about technology in the sense of, like, I think the way a lot of applicant tracking systems are built, and this is starting to change, which is good, but the way a lot of them are built, they're not, like, to use a buzzword, they're not nimble or whatever you used in that ad. Um, I forget now the C word. But, like, uh, the thing configurable. is, is it almost, configurable. it almost feels like old-school SEO sometimes where it's, like, if you know how to watch a bunch of YouTube videos and keyword jam your resume, you can kind of, like, beat the system that some of these companies are using, like Paleo or whatever. It just feels like those ones are not intuitive enough. And maybe this will change if we start seeing more applications of AI in recruiting and it learns from previous processes. But, like, currently what a lot of people are using, it's not adaptable enough where I feel like, you are going to weed out people who would be good. Now the point made earlier is true. Like if you have a really strong recruiter within the organization, <clears throat> hopefully like his or her skill level will rise above that. The other thing I would okay. say on this whole alienating, hold on. The other thing I would say on the yeah. alienating part is like, um, it's the way ATSs are designed, like no intelligent person wants to deal with that. So like, you upload your resume, then you got to fill out 15 screens of data that's the same stuff. So, like I, like, I can't see a person that values their time or believes that they have some value in the world, like wanting to do that repeatedly for a bunch of jobs. So I feel like it's only going to get you desperate people if that's the system you're making them walk through.
1: Well,
2: okay, let me system. say something.
0: It's- let me say something. So you say out of these 100 applicants, you're down to 20, 20- Posers. Those are the people that the uh, corporate recruiter actually chooses, That the 20 posers. And I, best, uh, I guess best based on what you just said, those are the people who do keyword stuffing on their resumes. I don't know if that's true. I heard that keyword stuffing is something from 10 years ago and that no applicant tracking system falls for that kind of stuff today. Does anybody really not. know who, who's, anybody talking, who's talking there? Who's talking there?
1: Does anybody uh, they know? They say they don't, but it still does.
0: Okay. Okay. Yes, it, it
3: does. It, it will trick, or 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 at least you'll be able to be highlighted by the applicant tracking system and um, perhaps put in front of the the eyes of a, of a recruiter that's reviewing resumes. But all of this stuff, um, I would say, is secondary to. We're just talking about applicants at this point, right?
1: Right. The problem is the applicants don't know how to stuff their things for each individual ATS because it depends on how yeah. the recruiter searches it, not on the actual code. It's not basic Boolean. It's not as easy as it used to be. But it's very difficult okay. to cheat the system, which means we're getting random candidates that are being searched instead of ones smart enough to game the system.
0: Yeah, I don't know what what's going yeah, on. I want to do an ad. These
3: processes go ahead. You'll finish. are You're hindering, hindering. A, uh, a recruiter from actually going out and actively recruiting because if, if
2: a recruiter
3: is forced to put everybody that they speak to or want to speak to through an applicant process, then once again, some of the candidates that you want to speak with that you're trying to target aren't going to waste their time or jump through those hoops before they've uh, because they're, they're not even interested yet. So, again, the process hinders the recruiter if, if the recruiter is forced to follow a process.
0: Okay, Michael G. Cox, one sec. I've got to do an ad for my good friends at Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. Hire Tool is a full service sourcing tool. You tell it what you want. And it writes Boolean Strings for you. Hey, I am stupid. You know, these guys don't want people. You call me calling people stupid. I'm stupid. I'm not a great Boolean Strings guy, okay? I don't have advanced Boolean string skills. I do have you, don't to. Main... No, you don't need to. You don't need to have advanced put... skills
1: anymore, Animal.
0: Well, yeah, if you've got higher tool, you don't need them, Jer. Right. Just... That's what I'm saying. You're... Yeah, you just put your stuff in there and it it makes the string for you, right? Okay. And then it gives you back ranked results from top to bottom. People who match your spec. It tells you who's best for the job. It tells you who is most likely ready for a move. I don't know how it reads their minds, but it does. And it tells you, uh, it makes a guess about their salaries. And you know what? I got to tell you, there's so much discussion on Facebook in praise of hire tool. I mean I wish I could just get audio audio quotes from people like Amy Miller, famous Amy Miller. I don't use LinkedIn much anymore, but I've been using Hire Tool a lot. I don't know what happened to my voice there. And she said and here's Michael Krauss. I use Hire Tool because it's fast. It's efficient and accurate. I highly recommend it because it will save you lots of time. Here's another guy. It should be Dude, one wait of a good idea. Who's Michael Krause? He's a guy on my Facebook group. I talk to him sometimes on the back channel. Okay. okay? He's a smart
1: guy. Just trying to write right, 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 a back reference uh, there. Okay. How do you get on the yeah, back okay. channel? Okay. The last the last this guy. Here's
0: another guy, I don't know, Stan Rolf. I see his name. But he says he says publicly Hire tool should be your one of your top three tools. Never leave home without it, okay? And there's just tons of other people saying,
1: check God. out Hire
0: Tool. In fact, here's, here's my advice. Have a demo. Have a demo with Nin Tran. He's always available on Facebook. He's not a hard sell guy. Who's making that noise in the middle of – I'm almost finished the ad. I'm almost finished. Stop. Stop that. Okay? And there's an Man. echo. Anyway, get in touch with Ninh N-I-N-H-T-R-A-N. He'll give you half an hour. Bring your search. He'll do your search for you on HireTool, and at the end, he won't insist that you buy. He'll say, think about it, you know, and uh, you feel good after you leave a demo with this guy, okay? HireTool, H-I-R-E. He is. T-U-A-L dot com. Okay, anybody uh, got a topic
1: they want to discuss, uh, or should I go back to mine? Do you uh, have something?
0: Uh, ask, yeah, him go ahead.
1: What, ask him what, so he's a writer, so ask him what questions, well, actually here, Teddy, what questions do you want to hear when you step into an interview?
2: I would say the number one thing is, especially if we're going to, like, claim that all these companies are having a focus on data, and data's going to be the new oil or whatever, I feel like we got to structure questions that kind of get at how you think and use information. So, like, I would actually love somebody to ask me, like, okay, tell me something that you failed at in the past. Like, how did you know that you failed at it? What was, like, your strategy for uh, getting better at it? And what were you using to track the fact that you got better at it? So, like, a four-part question. Because that Tell me about to a me, time right.
1: when you faced a challenge and overcame it or failed to do so and how you dealt with it. <laughs> right.
2: Standard. Like, that's standard. <laughs>
1: right.
2: No, it's not. It's I've question. never gotten something like that. I've never gotten something. And I've probably been in a thousand plus interviews. I've never gotten like a, okay, I've gotten like the behavioral version that you just said, but I've never gotten like follow-up steps. So like the behavioral version is just like, you can game that answer super easily, but if somebody makes you walk through, like, all the stuff you actually did, so maybe the the interviewers I've had aren't game? good because they didn't press or follow up, but, like... Why do you think
1: you can game I, that question?
2: Wait, what'd you say?
1: Why do you think you can game that question?
2: Oh, because I feel like a lot of people just turn, they, like, they half-ass a failure so that they know it's leading towards a success anyway, you know? It's kind of like, what's your biggest weakness? Well, like, I'm such a perfectionist, you know, it feels like the same thing to me.
1: So what if they ask you okay. things like, how do you work towards deadline? When you miss your deadline, how good are you before deadline? Do you, do right. you drink a that's a before good question When can I call you and yell at you? Are those good questions because they actually focus on your work?
2: Yeah, I think so. Now, would you view them as bad questions? I think no, no, that, I ask those that can... questions to writers. Okay, good, because that gets to the heart of, like, how a person works, and it's like um, a lot of times, like, at least the hiring processes I've been in, you probably go through the HR level, and then you go to the hiring manager. I've only been in one process ever where I got to meet the team that I would come into, so if you don't get to work and interact with the team beforehand, which makes sense because that would be uh, time prohibitive, it's like... The hiring manager is the only person vetting whether you are a good fit for this team, ultimately. So, can I ask like Yeah. Uh Yeah. Can I interject? Yeah. Uh, Ted, I've, I've gathered here that you've
0: been
1: on over a thousand interviews. I said that. And you've only you've only made it to like the real round where you get to meet the
2: team and everybody once. Man, <laughs> yeah. this. There's something wrong here,
1: brother. He's a writer.
2: Yeah. (laughs) There's probably something deeply wrong with me. It's like an offer. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but. uh... (laughs) Okay, but no, do you
1: guys have meeting
2: the team as a standard process? Because, I mean, I've gotten, like, far or slash offer stage at a bunch of places, and I've never been invited to meet the team. I feel like this is a a trigger issue for me, too, because the last full-time job I had, it was like. When I started, I realized that I was working more so with a team of people I had never even – in it. like, the manager of that team I had never even interviewed with. So I came in kind of through this one department, but I ultimately ended up, like, doing all this stuff with okay. another department. Okay, i got to
0: move on. I want to move on. I yeah. want to move on. An hey, yeah. hey, yeah. yeah. Just real quick.
3: I think we're having enough trouble trying to work with hiring managers and helping them get better at recruiting. And then inviting a a team, let's say a sales team into the inner process suddenly they feel they have a vote um right and and that's that's not fun trying to explain that no, they don't I've I've tried doing this whole team thing, and i, I didn't see any value that came from that, and yes it it does eat a lot of time yeah because the voting
1: we go. Problem
4: ahead, yeah, the problem with getting the team involved is politics. In- invariably, the team will see – someone on the team will see that person as a potential threat <laughs> to their role, and uh, some stuff will come out, and normally you know, candidates can be rejected by two people in the team that just see as a threat. If you're, if you're going to interview a salesperson who's going to be coming onto a patch – the rest of the sales team will always see that person as a potential threat. They're going to take some of their accounts. They're going to take some of their region. And alternatively, uh, even more so, hiring managers are sometimes concerned what the team might say. So, uh, And sometimes I've seen candidates pull out after they've just met the team because they've just heard stuff that they don't really like. So,
0: oh, maybe that's good. Just, maybe that's good that they, they pull, pull out because they don't like the people they're going to work with. Okay. They get a chance yeah, well, to yeah, say, hey, I don't the, want
4: to work yeah. with these guys. No, it's not, it's not a question of the fact they don't like them. It's a question of the team saying, you know what, there's a, a few things here that you might not like, that the hiring manager might not say because we never, let's be honest, the hiring manager never gives the whole story because you'll speak to 100 candidates. And I do this all the time. When you joined that company, was it the same as what they sold it to you at the beginning? How many of them say yeah. 100%? Yeah, it was.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. It, but you've also got uh, possibilities for favoritism. I like the other candidate better. Let's, you know, rally for that individual. There are there's, there, there's back-channel conversations that are happening and being given too much uh, weight in in this process. I've
0: I got to tell you, I'm shocked that you guys don't. I thought meeting the team was essential to see if there's, you know, if the candidate going to be happy. Maybe it's just the IT guys, but I, I thought that was – Really, you know, becoming a common practice. i got to change. I want to ask a question before I go to another ad. He says, this guy, uh, where's your accent from? Where's your weird accent from? Can I get arrested for asking him that? Where's your accent from? No, I don't
2: think. I mean, I grew up in New York City, but I lost that, I think. With so that accent? Like a, That's New York? Yeah, it's a, oh. yeah it's, a, it's a mix of north and south, man. It, okay, it's like a, Okay. <laughs> It
1: sounds like a dirty Uber said. driver going into the city.
0: Here's what he here's what he says. Here's what he says. He says, "Stop caring about first impressions." Okay. He said, "I met my wife in 2004 at a dive bar. What's a dive bar? I mean, a lousy, <laughs> creepy
2: place. I Jerry mean, drinks. what's a dive? Yeah. Bar? <laughs> like a <laughs> shitty bar, man. You've never heard that a expression." Shitty
0: bar- no, a dive. Yeah, a dive means no good, but this is your wife, okay? <laughs> and you said you, you met her in 2004, and you disliked each other until 2007. You didn't speak one-on-one till 2008. You started dating in 2009, and you said this process is not uncommon, and you use it to uh, prove the fact that don't worry about first impressions. The best friends you're going to make are people who
2: hate you, okay?
0: That's what you claim. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, mean, <laughs> I, get
2: that. I get it. I can, I can screw that story up though. We're actually not together anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's
1: oh. <laughs> so way off. People make their decisions instantly. He, he, that's just not how that works. If you don't like no, each other, I mean, you actually like know, each other. That's an easy one.
2: I do know. I do know. Like I have friends that when I first met them, I was like, eh. "Like this is a lukewarm person." Now that's different than. Bringing somebody on a team, working with somebody, whatever—that's different. Those like friendships and work are not the same thing. You should have friends at work, but they're not the same thing conceptually. So, I think okay, so you're little not little saying, bit,
1: saying. I
2: think you're not
4: saying hire
0: people. Something. Wait a sec, let me just get this out. You're not saying. Hire someone you don't like because you just said a few little while ago. I don't know if I mentioned it, but with that young woman who was asking you those stupid questions about what makes you tick, yeah, you said you liked her and you think that's a very important trait for a recruiter. Recruiters have to be likable. Here, you're saying it doesn't matter. Pick the, the hire the people you hate, it, you'll get to like them
2: later on. <laughs> that's what you're saying, right? Uh, I think okay, a hiring. <laughs> if you're talking about recruiter skill sets, yeah, I think likability should be in there somewhere. But if you're talking about on the other side, hiring somebody, yeah. Like sometimes I do feel like you should break the mold and hire somebody that doesn't, you know, obviously it's going to be the hiring manager's decision, but like you don't want a team that's completely like-minded. That's homey Like Like those, those organizations don't end up doing well long-term. So, Sometimes you need to hire people that are assholes or like maybe uh, maybe that's the wrong word. But sometimes you need to hire yeah, people that are Yeah, that is that the jerks. wrong word. Hire he assholes. Hey, everybody. People. That's what he wants. <laughs> so
0: that's, yeah, that's, I, actually, I felt bad that that guy got, got fired so fast. I thought he was going to be hilarious.
1: No, that was because his job. Of mooch. <laughs> that was his job to kind of fired.
0: Yeah. But anyway, okay, but this guy's a guy named Robert Sutton. I invited him to come on the show. He'll never come. But uh, you know, he's he says don't hire assholes and scumbags. And here uh, your recommendation, I'm gonna say this is the key to this show. Hire assholes
1: and scumbags.
2: Hang on a <laughs> Those minute. are gonna one, be your best. One, one no, I, th- I think I think we're going to step ahead on that. I do think you should hire people that have opposing viewpoints to like you um, know, you need um, hiring managers that like kinda get that like other views can be held because then what's going to no, happen? No, but you, you actually say, happen.
0: "Wait a sec, let me let me come." You say in your blog that people, the people the hiring managers like best and call their A players, they're just gophers who agree with everything <laughs> they say. They're not the best. They're not the best people. Okay, that's come what you on, claim. Man. I, I got to do an ad.
1: That. He's a writer, man. Come on.
0: I I got to do an ad. Okay. <laughs> hey everybody, can you say? You know, that's what the guest was trying to remember uh, a few minutes ago, and I'm going to teach him. Configurable. Can you say configurable? Because that's what and I'm going to bang this into <laughs> you today. Yeah, because that's the thing that makes peace. Thank you, Mike. That's what, is Richard uh, S. <laughs> Baird here today? I mean, I want to congratulate him on his Damn marriage. Bald. You know? here? Okay, here. well, congratulations, Richard. Oh, hey, Richard, congratulations. You're so quiet Thank now you that animal. you're married. I guess she taught you a lesson. (laughs) Okay. 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 Yeah, we're back to configurable. That's the thing that makes PC Recruiter stand out. It can be set up to suit whatever need you have. That's what Paul Lipman said. You know, he he said it on the show, and I'm going to, if I ever get the time, go back, Cut those clips out and play them for you so you don't have to believe what I say. Paul Lippman, by the way, is a solo recruiter, okay? And uh, it's also used, however, by big recruiting teams. And, you know, that's why BC Recruiter says, big or small, we fit them all. Big or small, <laughs> we fit them all. They are not a men's clothing shop either, okay? They are a recruiting software company. And that's how they show they love you, through their configurability. They transform themselves to be whatever pleases you. And speaking uh, of what Jerry said, Michael Krause, the famous, I'm going to make that guy famous, he points out that it's also fully integrated with Hire Tool, And he loves that because he's a big fan of Hire Tool. So go check him out at PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Hey, there's 10 minutes left. Ten minutes left. You know, here's something else you say. Weak ties, I've read this before as well. Weak ties are better than networking. And Jerry kind of talks about this too. He said Honestly, I don't know if he's talking – but if you link to a bunch of recruiters, you're just going to get in your news stream, wherever it is, on LinkedIn or Facebook, you're going to get the same kind of garbage because they're all doing the same thing. So if you want to have yep. uh, a widespread of information and uh, the opportunities coming to you that you're you – know, not everybody's offering the same thing, you have to have a wide range of contacts, right? That's why you say weak ties to people. It's good if you connect to people you don't really know. So I've got a question for you. If these guys, I asked a number of people. If these people in India that I don't know are trying to connect with me on LinkedIn every day, and I don't place people in India, uh, should I accept them or reject them? Because if you're saying I weak ties accept. work,
4: I would expect a percentage, a percentage only, just for uh, yeah. diversity, man. But if you accept all of them, if you put the uh, planet on a if you think there's a billion indians there's a billion chinese if you accept them all you're going to end up with one third of your network being either chinese or indian um
0: yeah well the chinese uh, aren't interested in me the chinese aren't interested in me it's
1: the okay, right, okay, indians so, but, uh,
0: but according to this guy weak ties are the best so i mean is that too weak uh do you have an opinion guest teddy bauer
2: Well, sometimes, sometimes, like especially in those Indian cases, a percentage of them are spam. So, I mean, I generally accept like probably close to what he's a little bit higher than what he said. I'm probably like fifty percent. But then if I get an instant like uh, message from them with some weird like offer or whatever, I just delete them. But I generally accept probably like. I would say anybody that I have shared connections with I usually accept automatically and then if you're making any completely money from
0: LinkedIn are you making any money from LinkedIn you're a writer you know I, yeah, I, I noticed you from denigrate there. yeah because you've got yeah. articles on there is that is that why
2: uh no I just pick up people that want me to write for them from there I don't make any yeah, money directly from there no
0: no, that's not what I meant. Yeah, how did you pick up clients? You know what? We don't have enough time to ask you, ask you that. What should I ask you? I mean, I've got lots of things here. I read all your stuff this morning. What uh, What's important uh, that we should talk about that that I haven't touched upon that you'd like all recruiters to know? Here's a question. Hold on. You said you ghostwrite yeah. for people. Yeah. Who, are, who are you ghostwriting for, thought leaders? Because you've got article yeah. after article on your blog denigrating mm. thought leaders. Okay, so you're actually writing writing for them?
2: Yeah, Uh it's ironic, isn't it? How does it work? How does the process work? Yeah. Usually people just come to me because they heard of me from somebody else or they found something I've written, and uh, they want me to help them get like a – because the way I write is a little bit different. Like I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm full of shit in pockets, but I don't, like, I don't use all the exact same buzzwords that everybody else does. So, a lot of times people come to me, they're like, I just want something that'll cut through the digital noise, the digital clutter, whatever. So, usually they give me a bunch of bullet points. Um, this isn't recruiting, but I, I got a couple of people that do customer experience and they're keynote speakers around that or whatever. Usually the first four times you work with somebody, all they give you are bullet points because that's all the you know buzzwords. That's all they know because that's how they frame their speeches. And eventually you gotta once you work with somebody long enough, you can kind of figure out what they're actually trying to say and cut through it so it sounds a little bit more human. That's generally how the process works, but with some people it's different. Uh, that's, yeah, that's I didn't a good that didn't get thirty five thousand okay. yeah, foot it's,
0: view. It's- it's not it's not exciting what you just told me. I got a question. Are you writing speeches or articles for these guys?
2: Uh more so articles, sometimes speeches, presentations.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Now you say there's a difference between a good professional communicator and a good communicator. Now it sounds like what you mean by a good professional communicator is someone who uses all those jargon points. Is that jargon bullet points? Is that what you mean?
2: No. What's no, I think a- jargon just muddies the waters i mean like professional communication to me is more about like priority alignment and like being able to frame up for people on your team like okay this matters more than this at the current time instead of everything being like a sense of urgency project i think that that it kind of goes back full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning you talk about recruiters being too busy hiring managers being too busy every everybody under the sun being too busy that happens because nobody knows how to frame up priority in companies everybody's like this is urgent tom says this is urgent well mitch says this other thing is urgent like that's the problem so to me professional communication is more about like making it clear like what's important at this time okay so well That's a hold on a different. second.
0: Let me interrupt you, okay, because the show's almost over. This is what you said in your blog. There's a difference between a good professional communicator and a good communicator. Some people can write the type of compliance happy email or memo that bosses love, but these never match how a person processes information. Hire someone who can write to people well and train her on the professional stuff. So you're going and saying the exact opposite stuff now. A good professional communicator is a garbage communicator, according to you. Now you're saying it's a smart person who knows how to set priorities. I got to do my final ad, okay? You're you're blowing the end of the show. You're making me. I, I thought we would end on a high note, and you're screwing it up, okay? We so think about time. it. We
2: still
0: got time. No, I want you to think time. about it. When I finish, when I finish this ad, come on, we gotta blow up the internet with our final two minutes, okay? Now, hey everybody, the final ad spot is by my good friends. It's always for the, my good friends at Honit, H. O-N-E-I-T dot com. And the boss over there is Nick Livingston. He sends me an email every Wednesday before the show. Say He start, always starts off, you know, with this love, love, love. I love the way you did the ad last week, but change this. I love the, you know, you said that, but change this. Change that. Change that. Okay. Now, just give me a grade out of ten. Hone it is phone interview technology that's what I gotta tell you. it's phone interview technology you know there's tons of web-based interview tools but what makes Hone it unique is that it's centered around phone conversations that recruiters are already having every day there's nothing special you have to do the candidate dials into the interview just like she would ordinarily there's no extra steps and the recruiter dials in as well, or can call in through the computer, through the Internet. I think he's going to come after me for that last part. But anyway, they just have a phone call. That's the whole thing. But here's the special part. The phone call is recorded, so you have an audio recording, right? And it's turned into a transcript that you can read and search and share, which I think is very important. And then when you come to a question that's really important, you just press a button, and you record that as a separate clip, right? And then you press a button when you get to the end of that conversation, and you can send these essential questions to the hiring manager or any team member who wants to hear it, and they can hear the candidate answer in their own words, okay? That's what Honeit It is all about. So go check it out at honei H o n e i t. dot com. Okay, so did you think about how you're going to end the show with a splash? Okay, I already went Yeah, through. a little
2: bit. I want to ahead. that honing thing. configurable, though. Is it?
0: Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Nick is going to now write me next week to, t- to tell me. I like Nick, okay? I know I'm giving him yeah. a hard time, but he's new. He's the most recent uh, – He's the most recent uh, advertiser here. Okay, so uh, let me just see. Connections only. Let me see what you... Stop caring about first impressions. I, that was my favorite. I like that one. Extroverts suck. You don't like extroverts. Uh, you like introverts.
2: I, I, do, I do like what? them more. I might be. I think people, if you met me in real life, you'd probably think I was an extrovert, but I try to downplay here's, here's that. Here's my question. Here's
0: my question. Yeah. Most people think Like, headhunters should be extroverts. You think that introverts are better, right?
2: Yeah, in that capacity, I would say so. Why? Because I feel like introverts have a uh, more natural tendency towards listening and taking in information. Extroverts kind of want to push out information. That feels like a better fit for, like, a marketing department or a sales department. But, like, wouldn't recruiting be more about taking in information and figuring out what a person's about? And synthesizing whether they'd be a good fit there?
0: Yeah, synthesizing. Okay. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Time for me to go. So I want to thank Jim Durbin, Michael G. Cox, Jerry, Phil, Phil Marks, all the way from England, and our guest, Teddy Bauer, B-A-U-E-R, 2003. Ted Bauer, 2003-2003. If you want to hire him as a freelance writer, you can see he's fairly witty. He's a smart alec, right? And I like that. That's why I asked him to be on the show. You know, Ted, you can come back sometime, right? If you like I'd to. love to, man. I'd love okay. to. Okay. So, Teddy
1: Bauer, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>